0: wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. From
1: London, I'm John Weeks, and this is The Standard. The
0: decision to expand the ULAs to cover all of them was a difficult one, but I think it was the right one.
1: His own impact assessment shows it won't make any difference whatsoever with air quality.
0: No, what's quite clear is the Conservatives are governing in what's in their party's interest rather than the national interest.
1: I will never apologise for being a low-tax Tory because that's what I am. The starting gun has fired on the 2024 London mayoral election as the incumbent Sadiq Khan seeks an historic third term in charge of the capital, while Conservative candidate Susan Hall seeks to disrupt his tenure. As it stands today, Wednesday the 17th of January, polls by YouGov suggest it'll be an easy victory for Sadiq. However, as we know, a lot can change in politics in just a week, let alone the three and a half months until the mayoral election vote. Take a look at both Sadiq and Susan's campaign websites today. And aside from you, Les, there's not much between them. Both are promising to bring better, greener transport to London, crack down on crime, and build more homes. So the devil really will be in the detail when they release their full manifestos in the coming weeks. The other candidates include Liberal Democrat Rob Blackie, who wants to tackle serious crime. The Green Party's Zoe Garbit, who's focused on tackling climate change as well as racial and social injustice. Plus, Howard Cox from Reform UK has promised to scrap Ulez entirely on day one if he gets elected. So, what can we expect from this year's mayoral election? And will Ulez be the main issue for voters by May 2nd? Joining me now is our City Hall editor, Ross Lydell. So Ross, the, the 2024 London mayoral elections, based on the characters involved and the political landscape at the moment, as someone who's going to be covering it, are you expecting this to be a fun one?
2: Probably not, no. Although it could be a surprising one. It would be an almighty shock if Sadiq Khan did not get a third term, um, but it's not impossible that that could happen. As it stands, most of the polls indicate that he's going to win quite comfortably. My own view is that those polls are some way off, but they may have the result correct, if not the scale of the victory. But on the face of it just now, the worry would be from a sort of journalistic perspective and also from the perspective of what Londoners make of this is that uh, sort of three months out, it looks like this could be a bit of a dull election, in that the result may be something not unexpected and um, Sadiq will return to power and everybody will sort of rather get on with their lives and think, oh, well, there wasn't much there to really get the policies racing.
1: And at the moment, the only real main rival for Sadiq is, of course, the Conservatives' Susan Hall. But are there any sort of key pledges other candidates in the running could make to sort of get them more in the limelight and perhaps sort of turn a few heads?
2: Well, the two other uh, main candidates in terms of the traditional parties would be Zoe Garbutt, the Green candidate, and Rob Blackie, who is a Lib Dem candidate. And just this week, Zoe Garbutt has talked about her drugs policy, basically looking to sort of rethink quite how the criminal justice system might work in terms of users of softer drugs. She says London's drug policy has failed and perhaps it needs to... change and almost have London take the lead in how it deals with people taking, if you like, the sort of softer drugs. Rob Blackie, you know, he's planning to focus very heavily on the mayor's record on crime or tackling crime or failing to tackle crime, as he would say, and, you know, rates of violent crime in London. So that's a sort of very serious issue and one that uh, could cause Sadiq Khan to come unstuck or certainly have to answer some very tough questions. In terms of other issues, probably the other one would be the ULES, and uh, there is a specific candidate there who will be sort of campaigning sort of day and night on getting rid of the ULES, in addition to obviously Susan Hall, the Tory candidate, promising to get rid of the ULES expansion on day one, should she be elected. But as it stands just now, uh, it may be the case that the ULES expansion is the sort of dog that hasn't yet barked and may never bark, because... The reality of this is that uh, it came in in August last year. There was much hullabaloo at the time and a lot of criticism of the mayor. But the reality is that it's only a minority of drivers who actually pay the ULES in outer London. You know, compliance rates in terms of people whose vehicle already complies with rules is in excess of 95%. And of the 5% who then are liable for this £12.50 a day charge, many of them get an exemption, and many others don't even live in London. So while they may not be best pleased about having to pay the U.S. charge, they may not have any ability to actually use the ballot box to make clear the discontent.
1: And when you look at the sort of plans for London, looking at Sadiq and Susan's plans, they both largely look the same, don't they? they both call for sort of better, greener transport, a crackdown on crime and more homes built. ULES seems to be the only key issue they're really fighting over, isn't it?
2: Yes, well, at this stage, we don't have any detail of their plans. Neither Sadiq nor Susan Hall has published their manifesto. That will come over the sort of coming weeks. So all we have just now is a sort of couple of campaign websites in which both of the main candidates essentially set out Five key principles and as you say you know they, they both sort of promise sort of motherhood and apple pie that life will be better uh, if they get the keys to city hall so the the, the key dividing line at present is over the ULES expansion obviously Sadiq would keep that Susan would get rid of it uh, what it would mean for Susan of course would be that she would lose some income to transport for Lund because you know some motorists are paying the charge or are being sent penalty fines So there's an amount of money there that would not be available to be spent. You know, the money that's coming in just now from the ULES is is sort of reinvested in public transport schemes. Uh, And uh, Susan also wants to sort of set up a specific sort of burglary hit squad. She'd spend £200 million there on uh, focusing police attention on the sort of traditional crimes, if you like, the ones that concern Londoners most, such as sort of burglary, sort of theft and robbery. But as for the details, you know, these will emerge over the coming weeks.
1: Let's take a break now. Coming up in part
2: two. On the face of it, if the Tory government and Rishi Sunak uh, remain unpopular, as the polls indicate just now, then the question would be, why on earth would anybody vote Tory?
0: QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
1: And based on the polls, as you said, at the moment it's looking like it'll be quite comfortable for Sadiq Khan. What's the sort of worst thing that could happen to hamper his campaign?
2: Well, I think it's worth looking here at the the numbers from the 2021 election when Sadiq Khan was challenged by Sean Bailey, who was the Tory candidate at the time. And this election, uh, many Londoners will remember, was delayed by a year because of the pandemic and the election day was actually held, while social distancing uh, was still a factor and remember, covering the election count and everybody there at City Hall was still wearing face masks. So it's a sort of time move rather forgotten very quickly. But those numbers there show that Sean Bailey got pretty close to Sadiq Khan. And the key thing for this new election, the 2024 election, is that it will be run under the sort of traditional first-past-the-post system, not under the previous system where you had two votes and you could choose your first and second choice of candidate. Because back in 2021, Sean Bailey got 893,000 first-preference votes and Sadiq got just over a million So there was only a gap of 110,000 votes between the two. Now, that gap did essentially double when the second preference votes were added. But it meant that, you know, looking at this, if this election was to repeat itself this time round, then, you know, on the face of it, the Tory candidate wasn't that far behind Sadiq as the Labour candidate. And then it would be an entirely normal thing to expect that, a candidate of either party going for a third term. You know, if Sadiq does get in, this would be the first mayor in sort of modern times to ever win a third term. So that, you know, Ken served, Ken Livingston served two terms, Boris Johnson served two terms, Uh, Sadiq is seeking a third term and he would be the first person to, to get that. And it would be normal for his vote to go down on a third term compared to a second term. The other issue is turnout, you know, Back in 2021, though obviously it was still mid-pandemic, the turnout fell from 46% to about 41%. And again, if there's a low turnout, then that would tend to favour the Tories over the incumbent Labour mayor.
1: And we know voters individually tend to vote very differently and take in different amounts of information. How much do you think how Labour and the Conservatives are doing as parties in general when it comes to May will actually influence voters?
2: I think it's quite likely there will be quite an influence from the national picture. Because on the face of it, if the Tory government and Rishi Sunak uh, remain unpopular, as the polls indicate just now, then the question would be, well, why on earth would anybody vote Tory beyond you know this sort of hardcore Tory support? So there would be no obvious sort of riding on the coattails of a popular prime minister for Susan Hall, for example, However, you know, people do realise what these elections are for, and they realise that choosing a mayor is not the same as choosing a prime minister. So you get some read across, not complete read across, but on the face of it, you know, with Labour having done well and Labour being on the rise nationally, why would Labour not do similarly well in London? Well, of course, the issue there is because, one, people don't want to give Sadiq Khan a third term, potentially, And, you know, because he's made himself unpopular, they they know what he's like, and people may now have a good reason to vote against him and simply think it's time for the other lot to have a chance. So while Keir Starmer may do well nationally, then Sadiq may not do quite as well as his party on this occasion. Previously, he's outperformed his party. Uh, Another factor would be when the general election falls, you know, the speculation Now that it could be November, it seems, you know, it's possible still that the general election could be called on the same day as the mayoral election, which would be the the 2nd of May, but it seems unlikely if we're trying to interpret the Prime Minister's current thinking. But should an election, a general election, happen on the same day as the mayoral election, then there may be more cause for people to vote the same way in both.
1: And if you were a candidate, Ross, what sort of pledge or pledges would you make to Londoners to try
2: and secure the victory? Oh, well, that's a good question. If I run the world, what would I do? Um, you know, I always think that um, transport is such a key issue for so many Londoners. You know, as somebody who uses public transport and cycles a lot, I think there's great mileage in improving the safety on roads for cyclists and for pedestrians. I think the tube and bus fails is a like, a key issue in terms of, you know, making sure they are as cheap as possible, especially buses. You know, like uh, we expect Sadiq Khan's sort of fails package to be announced over the next week or so. And it will be interesting to see whether he pegs the bus fare at £1.75, he put it up by 10 pence last year, but it's, it's currently the cheapest sort of bus fare in the country. And it would be a surprise if he put it up much more in an election year. What he is doing, though, is putting council tax up again. His share of council tax will increase by about another £40. So uh, council tax payments to City Hall under city Khan have soared, I think it's quite fair to say, since 2016. So people will not take kindly to having to pay more for City Hall services. Obviously, some of that money goes to the Met Police and people want to see more police on the streets and they want to see uh, crime tackled. You know, we currently have more police on the streets than any other time in recent history, although it doesn't seem to be making a direct impact on the levels of crime. In terms of what else I would do, it seems, you know, air quality remains an ongoing issue. The issue there with the ULES, of course, is that the right way to actually improve air quality in London, or should London look to a more radical solution, such as actually introducing pay-per-mile road charging, Uh, you know, Sadiq has been asked about this many times and says it's complex and uh, no other world city has done it yet, and it doesn't think it can be done in a hurry. What else could they do? Well, the other issue is uh, probably in terms of what concerns most Londoners is about housing, but actually getting cheap houses built is an almighty headache and something that's not going to be done quickly. But I would expect many Londoners would like to see action from whichever successful candidate in terms of uh, convincing them how they can improve London's housing supply and essentially do what they can to help more people get the first step on the housing ladder.
1: There's more news, interviews and analysis in the Evening Standard newspaper and at standard.co.uk. Thanks for listening. We're back tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock.
0: Wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.